0: Hey everybody, it's Tim. Welcome or welcome back to the LOH Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, I ask you to please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and our YouTube channel where you can access all our message content. Most importantly, I hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in the faith journey. Enjoy. We're talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. In an upcoming series, we're going to be talking about the gifts of the person. But the person is the gift of the Father. He's the promise of the Father, the person of the Holy Spirit, and I want to talk today a little bit about him being our tender teacher. So the text I want to start with, of course, is in Ephesians chapter 1, and it's verse, uh, I think it's verse 17 to 20, so if you have your Bible, if you have your iPad, or if you have your Or, whatever you use, or if you just know the Bible by heart already, uh, just just go there. So, here we go. Ready? This is is one of Paul's two prayers in the letter to the Ephesians, and so, therefore, through through them to us as well. And they are so key to our our life as believers and any life in the church. These two prayers are key. We're going to look at the first one Ephesians 1. Paul says, Praise. I keep asking, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you, and that's a present tense verb in the Greek, may continue to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Know him better phrase, epigenosis, means an experiential knowledge. Not just factual knowledge, not just biblical factual knowledge, but you have something going on with the author of the facts. Paul says, I pray the Holy Spirit will give you epigenosis where you have, you know him better. And I love how he says, keep asking. And the image is, it's not that I've been asking for a long time and we're still waiting to get the first response. No, it is... I keep asking because when I ask, he gives. I keep asking because when I ask, he gives. And so I keep asking because he keeps giving. Ask and it will be what? Given to you. That's what we're talking about. And then he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. The eyes of your what? Your heart. In order that you may know the hope. This is where our church came from. So that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And I love this. And the, un- and the incomparably great power for us who believe. You believe? Yeah. Yeah. The Holy Spirit in Paul. Man, I love, don't you love when a does? This is so cool. Yeah. Is that like the parting of the red? What is that? Can I have that? Um, That's awesome. Anyway, I love that you do that, by the way. So if anybody gives you (laughs) anything. Hey, I I just got to say this too. I'm wearing contacts for the first time in like 6,000 years. (laughs) And and I can actually see you today. You know what? I thought for months Denzel Washington was in the front row. (laughs) And now I know it's Oliver. (laughs) Not that there's much of a difference in, what would you say, uh, star power? Star power? Anyway, Ollie doesn't like it when I zero in on him. That's why we put him up on the front. (laughs) Paul wrote two, listen, Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He knew more than anyone at the beginning about what he's talking about, about the Holy Spirit. And the goal that he had in in these prayers is so that you and I know more than factual, I mean, we know God at work in our life. Paul knows that there is no Christianity that is any kind of real Christianity separate from the dynamic work of the Holy Spirit's presence In a person and in a gathering of people. There is no such thing. I think if some of the apostles time traveled into the church world today, you know what the question they would ask? It would be the question Paul asked the Ephesians Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Like, what's going on here? Right? We don't want that, do we? We don't want any part of that. Right? We want the Holy Spirit because. The Holy Spirit is the, is the person that ministers, the mini, that, that re- releases the ministry of Jesus to us, through us. And that's what we want, right? Yes. You know, Paul wasn't always that guy. Here was a guy, Saul of Tarsus. Saul is his Hebrew name. Paulus was his Greek name. Saul of Tarsus, Hebrew of Hebrews, a Pharisee of Pharisees, regarding the law of Moses, blameless. But here's a guy that went from hate to love. Here's a guy that went from a harsh hardness in his biblical manifestations to becoming a bold yet really tender hearted love servant. And that love was maintained. It wasn't like it happened, he got fixed, and then it just was. It was maintained by the fiery, I love that song about fire today, the fiery presence of the Holy Spirit in the temple of his soul. And so regarding the love of Jesus in the fullness of the Spirit, Paul had more than the lava that flowed. God gave him the whole volcano. The Holy Spirit is the volcano and the Holy Spirit lives in you and in me. Paul had an encounter that got his life on the right road. And it was the encounter he had with Jesus on Damascus Road. But that was an encounter that led him to what God wants you and I to encounter. Watch this. I want to start with us thinking of the word scales. Scales. And some of you are thinking of the scales that you weigh yourself on. You said, Tim, you just ruined my morning right there. You ruined it. You know, the problem was I went and looked, I stood on those babies this morning and I didn't even want to come to church. I'm not talking about those scales. I'm talking about scales on the eyes. There's a scripture in Acts 9 that begins to tell us what's going on. Saul, I love, listen to this. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous... Look at that phrase. Breathing out murderous threats. That's a soul that's jacked up, right? Saul is breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. Now, here's here's the thing. Saul of Tarsus thought he was Bible sound in a person. I'm telling you, it was his doctrinal accuracy, passion that he thought created this venomous, murderous threat because in his mind, the way of these disciples of Jesus of Nazareth was messing up God's book, God's plan. So he went to fix it. Have you ever went to fix it? Have you ever had more passion to fix somebody else than just think if everybody else was like us? Would't the world be a better place? <laughs> Lord Jesus. And on the way, Jesus inter- on the way, Jesus intercepted him with a blinding light. The, the light was so blinding that it created a physiological thing that he could not see. And it was a blinding light, but listen, it was not a heavenly death zap. Murderous threats. He's gone. He's going to drag them out of their houses, throw them in prison with hoping for the go from the higher ups to kill them. And the Lord intercepts him. Jesus intercepts him, and he doesn't. Listen, if God was the kind of God that Satan might tell us He is, or the kind of God that many people think He is, including some church people, Saul would have been toast. But that's not what happened. And He's led to this place on Straight Street to a man, a, a man's house. And he's there. And while he's there, he has a vision from God that someone's going to come and lay their hands on him. And that's what we're going to do at the end of the... Lay their hands on him. uh, And and then so... But but the the guy who is going to play the role in that vision that Paul was given by Jesus doesn't know he's going to be that role. And so the Lord speaks to this man by the name of Ananias he's just this guy and you know the thing is Ananias is mentioned in this and then he's never mentioned again but you know what he's just a plain ordinary disciple which there are no such things as plain ordinary disciples of Jesus but he's but he's listening and the Lord says to him Ananias I want you to go to a street called straight and inquire of a man named Saul of Tarsus because he is praying And in a vision, he has seen someone come, lay hands on him, that he might regain his sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Ananias does what you and I do sometime. Um, Lord, I just want to clue you in on what's going on down here. (laughs) I know you're God who knows everything, but listen, let me just... do, Do you know who that is? He's like saying, I don't want to die today. Ananias is told by the Lord, go, go. Because this man is a chosen instrument of mine. And I want to show him all the things he's going to suffer for my namesake. And he's going to stand before kings. Imagine what's on the other side of go for you. And me. And we. Imagine. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it and placing his hands on Saul, he said, I love this. This man, this man is so open to the spirit of God. He calls Saul his brother. Imagine people who who come into the house of God, into our house, into our family who have a reputation that precedes them that is everything but a brother and then they meet and greet somebody so full of Jesus that right off the bat they touch them and call them brother. Come on now. Brother Saul. Brother Saul. Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit and I love this. Immediately something guys listen to this. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. You know what's interesting? Do you know that if you read all of Paul's writings, two-thirds of the New Testament, he rarely talks about Jesus healing his physical sight. But man, forever in a day... He builds his entire calling and ministry on the fact that Jesus removed the scales off his eyes so he could see in the Spirit clearly. He talks about that for the rest of his life. Imagine today if in, in this time today, we give place to the personal Holy Spirit that you would begin to walk out here going, you know what? He's removing the scales from my eyes. Thus, why Paul prayed that prayer. For people who already had the Spirit. Two verses up he says, having believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit who is a guarantee, who will be with you forever. And then he goes, and because of that, I pray that he'll keep giving you So that you'll have continual epigenosis. You'll continue to walk in this revelation. So hope, hope, hope is compounded in your life. You have a clear confirmation of your calling in God. Because if not, we're saved and very little difference is made in our own life and in other people's lives. You know, Jesus healed a blind man. Remember this story? And he heals him, And then he says, what do you see? And he says, I see men trees. That's how I was before I got these new kinds. I see, I see, <laughs> see men as trees. I think that's prophetic and I'd love to go there, but that's a rabbit hole. That's a whole sermon. That's really good. But hey, that's really on. I don't know. But I see men trees. And he touches them a second time. And he sees clearly. I want to ask you. Or may the Lord ask you. How do you see men? How do you see women? How do you see the church? How do you see the world? How do you see you? How do you see yourself? How do you think God sees you. Paul writes, 30 years later, one of the last things he ever wrote to a young apprentice named Timothy. He describes what takes place when the Lord removed the scales. 30 years ago, And when you read it, I'm going to read it to you. You could read that and go, wow, this dude, wonder what happened to him yesterday. Wonder what happened to him last week. This is 30 years going on as he is living in the constant renewal of the Holy Spirit that keeps the testimony of yesterday fresh and powerful and dynamic in today. Here's how he describes it. I love this. Mercy kissed me. Even though, even though, I used to be a blasphemer, a persecutor of believers, and a scorner. See, that's that soul that's not touched. You can be saved and and still be a scorner. I was ignorant. You can be saved and ignorant. Raise your hand if you've been in. I have minds up, both at different times. I did a leadership lesson one time called "The Things I Learned Living on Dum Dumb Street." <laughs> <laughs> Probably one of, But look what he says, and look at the metaphors r- r- describing the Holy Spirit here. I was flooded with such incredible grace, like a river, huh? Like a river overflowing its banks until I was full of faith and love for Jesus, the anointed one. And then he goes on to say this, yet I was captured by grace. There's a bondage outside of grace that you can even be in, I can be in, I've been in as a Christian. But there's also another kind of captivity that breaks that kind of captivity and we're captured in grace by the Holy Spirit. Um, he says, I was captured by grace so that. Je- oh, and by the way, if you're here for the first time, every time I preach, Choo Choo Charlie comes down the track. So here we go. Here we go. Always, always, always at the moment of power. Anyway, so that. Yet I was captured by grace so that Jesus could display. This is why. This is why he wants to do really deep healing in us. So that. Jesus could display through me the outpouring of his spirit as a pattern to be seen for all those who would believe. You know, it's it's people who it's people who manifest this that a God can use so that you so that then you can believe that when you have an unbelievable situation where you think even God can't help me, then somebody that is you and your story comes along and they not only say it, but you, but you see it. Mm-hmm. And when you see it, you've just seen a lighthouse of hope. Mm-hmm. And how does this happen? Well, the, the river of the Holy Spirit, this massive river of the Holy Spirit, and it's a river of fire, by the way. Daniel saw this, a river of fire, picture it, but it gives life, it's watery, man, I don't even know how to describe it. I've never seen it, literally. But this, this river has these, has these tributaries with different facets of healing that are so vitally important that when we are born again and the, the person of the Spirit lives in us, oh to to the, the the Lord knows the Lord knows what tributary we need to allow to flow into our life. Because we're all different. And we all have we all have things. Let's let's go there. Next one. Uh, the tender teacher, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. General, generally, speaking, generally speaking, uh He comes to heal us in deep, in our deep needs. Some things we know we need, some things we don't know we need. And as we stay in this abiding with the person of the Holy Spirit, he will, he is gen- it's generally about uh, going into those places of need, but it's specifically about uh, him, making very deep, him making very deep impact. But the challenge is, and I found this to be true in my life, the challenge is, although he's tender, he leads, he wants to be allowed to lead me into certain areas that are traumatic to go to. The Holy Spirit will, will lead us into all truth, but not without our permission. Right Amen. If you ever went to somebody's house and, and you stay there a couple of days and they say, hey, make yourself at home, and you're sort of like, you don't know what you just said. <laughs> or they say, yeah, Yo, make yourself, you don't know what that really means. Does that mean I can just go go out there and just, Tim, you know what I'm saying? You can just go out there and just flap open the, open the thing and just get a slab of ham out and get the, you don't know, because you don't want them to go, wait a minute, I didn't mean make yourself at home, make yourself at home. Uh, do do I do you do we go holy spirit have the run of the house mm-hmm. i don 't know maybe there 's one of you in, in under the sound of my voice that 's been hurt by others maybe i 'm just going i 'm just going take a gamble you might be here today And there are hurts like, that are just like someone calls you something dumb or bad or whatever, or someone steals your parking space. But then there are those other things that go all the way back to when you're a kid. The thing that nobody knows but you and God. That happened to you because of somebody else. And as hard as that is, then you compound the fact that that's not the only thing or the only time someone else hurt you. But then, here's the thing. We're not all living in this world where we all are just carrying hurts from others. We, All of us, none of us can say, I've never hurt anybody. And no Christian that I know can say after being saved, well, I've never hurt anybody at all since I've been a Christian. And your husband say that? Let me ask your wife that question. (laughs) Or vice versa. There's church hurt, there's family hurt, there's all kinds of it. And we've been on the giving end and the receiving end. And you know what? To really do powerful works for Jesus, the Lord wants to go into some of those places let me let me go more on next slide it's about allowing the holy spirit's tender love to have constant constant residence that's the key and it's the constant residence not like where it's like okay i'm going to do my thing and then every now and then i'm going to need the holy spirit it's it's opposite it's like you know what you have Lord of the of the of the of the temple, not only of my whatever I consider my little part of, of Christendom, but my everything. You know why I need Him to have my everything? Because I'm a mess. Amen. Hmm. You said Amen. Was that about me, or were you Amen? <laughs> Was that Amen about what about you? What do you got going? I'm, I heard Amen, and I wasn't sure. I thought He knows me. I thought, don't tell anyone (laughs) because we as cute as we are i asked my daughter if i should wear the white shirt over top of my chosen t-shirt or the blue shirt she hard emojied the white shirt so i thought she knows what she's talking about i walk in here today and one of my young mentor friends looked at me and said nice lab coat i thought you know what (laughs) Now see, now now you won't be able to listen to one more word I said because I just got in your head and you're like, oh, there he is. Whatever. (laughs) Nice lab coat. We have some, we have some, we have some, what's Graham called? Cheese wagons. We have some cheese wagons around this joint. Nice lab coat. One of my best buddies too. Church hurt. (laughs) Heal me, Lord. I'm wounded. When we give our hearts to Jesus, God gives us the person of the Holy Spirit. But we have to give ourselves to the Holy Spirit over and over in this spirit baptism that we have been given access to we receive the person but the change happens as we give ourselves to him like the quick fix that we've all wanted so many times there is an instantaneous quick fix that restores our position With the Father, with the Son, and with the Spirit, the moment. I mean, your thief on the cross, moment today you're with me in paradise. But if that thief would have gotten off that cross, that saved guy was a mess, right? And so the Holy Spirit then wants us to be in his presence so he, as as we say have your way he, he he wants to do more than just show up and do awesome stuff in church that we feel good and then go back and then turn the switch back into me world until we come back to God's house let me tell you where God's house is it's inside of you Amen. and me We have to, I love what Dr. Caroline Leaf said, we have to allow ourselves to feel so we can heal. And so, and so, do I have it up there? Yeah, it's more likely, it's more, and you can quote this if you want to. I, I was just thinking this the other day, running on the track. Let me tell you another thing. I, I used to run holding my phone all the time. I thought, man, that's a drag. So I got one of those things, those armband things. Anybody have one of those that you look at and think about running, it haunts you? Cause it looks at you and you're like, you know what it says to you? You don't even do, why, why'd you even buy this? But you know what I know? when I put that thing on and, and tuck and put and I get my playlist and I or my sermon or what it's not my sermon but somebody that can preach and I listen to, you know what I can guarantee as soon as I put that thing in I'm gonna get 25 text messages and then I'm gonna get an idea that I need to go voice ma- memo it to myself and those of you who have ever read any of my voice members you think don't do that you're a disaster so all the staff just laughed at that. You should, You don't even want to know. But, so, but anyway, so I have the, I'm running around. I got the armband on and my phone in my hand still because I know that some, I'm going to get something. So I get this from, and I, I'm just thinking it, it's, and I had to put it down. It's, it's, it's more likely it's deep dives into the roots where the tender teacher takes us places that we have to address. That's what Jesus said to the disciples. Watch this, he says, the Holy Spirit will help you. Man. The Holy Spirit will help you and always be with you. The Spirit will show you what's true. He will take you from your false, he'll take us out of our false realities, I see men as I see me as and take us into Aletheia Greek word for true it means more than facts it means you've come in I'm going to take you into realms of true reality and sometimes in doing so it is really going to rock your world in a hard way But I love what he goes on to say, but you know the spirit who is with you and will keep on living in you. I love this. I won't leave you like an orphan. I will come back to you. The difference, the good news is, we carry all these things through our life. We try to work our way and put on our mask. Because we, and that's not a, I don't like when a lot of times people call people hypocrites because you know what? Sometimes it's a scary thing to face the things that some people have never experienced that you have. It's very hard for me to receive anything from any preacher that doesn't give me a little bit of the gut version of their life. Because when I'm on the other side and my guts are coming out, I need someone that doesn't just come and parade across the stage. I've got it all going on. You know what I mean? Because the devil says, see, he, you're a problem. Yeah. Here's what the Lord says. Why? He wants the Spirit in us. Because when the Spirit's in us, even though we're still a mess, He says, you're not an orphan. You're not an orphan. I'll never leave you. You getting anything out of this today? Yes. If you do, thank Jesus. Next verse. I, I will, He will come and help you. The Spirit will teach you everything and will remind you of what I've said. I give you peace, man. The kind of peace only I can give, so don't be worried or afraid. Here's what I believe. Here, I'm just gonna open up myself a little bit. Oh, and I forgot to read. Yeah, let's start right here. I'm gonna read something from my journal and I'm gonna read something from a, from a book that's been just rocking my world, somebody else wrote in a minute. Um, you know I've been reading some of this stuff on my sabbatical. Well, this one is August 5th. Loneliness can be so deep. Loss can seem so defining. Love is such a distant way from me. The echoes that travel across waters so many times send cold reminders across my feet. I listen and feel them all. And I attach myself to the messages coming in in their ebbs and flows of hopelessness. They add the weight like layers of garments of despair to my heart and my mind goes and my eyes grow dim. But still, his love whispers to me. His life still lives in me. And his whispers... The key in the moment of change, when loss seems true, his whispers are my chance to grasp hope. And as I do grasp it by faith, what I really find is that God is grasping me. Yeah. Amen. Like a father reaching for his child that slipped underwater. Like a brother finding his younger in a place of trouble To wrap his arms around and say I'm here, let's get out of here Let's go home, it's going to be okay He sees us He knows us He calls back with come home Come to me Even after we've listened and reached for what never saves And we know it He comes still I'll help you I'll heal you. And he comes again and again and again. It's hard to face things and it's hard to turn towards something that can help you. But then God knows that. So you know what he does? He gives us pearls in front of us and promises revealed by the spirit. And that's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2. Look at this. God's Spirit has shown you everything. His Spirit finds out everything, even what is deep in the mind of God. That phrase there is a nautical term that, uh, about sailors going deep into the sea or, or you taking deep dives in the water. The Spirit knows the mind of God. He's deep in the mind of God. And you, you are the only one who knows what is in your mind, right? Right? And God's Spirit is the only one who knows what's in God's mind, but God has given us His Spirit this is why we don't think the same way the world does this is also why we can recognize the blessings God has given us this is why only someone who has God's Spirit can understand spiritual things anyone who doesn't have God's Spirit thinks these blessings are foolish but when the Holy Spirit begins to show us these things they are pearls to draw us out from behind things that we're terrified to do but he doesn't ask us to walk out he, pu- he shows us something better Here's what I've come to find out. When we're born again, we were born to be beautifully broken. The reason why we need to continue to allow the Holy Spirit to go deep with us is because we're to be warriors. We're to be transparent, humble, see what you get, get what you see. And the difference is the the loving power work of the Holy Spirit. But here's the thing. We're all so different. And, it's, and this is why God helped me. I've so many times in my life looked at somebody else and thought, you know what, I just don't understand how they could. You know, the only part that's true in that is you don't understand. It's not that you know and you can't understand. No, the, the real story is, and it's all of us, we don't understand. So God has, God has different ways that he... You got a couple more minutes? Remember, we're going to pray. You going to help me pray? Are you going to... Anyway, here, Brad, he's coming already. Brad, my brother. See, we match. The matching prayer team, right? And Ryan, right? Anyone else wearing this color today? Are you saved? Anyway, so. He has different ways. Like with Jacob. Jacob didn't come... Jacob didn't come along for... Jacob didn't come along for anybody's ride, did he? And God said, you know what? I'm going to get Jacob to have a transformational thing. And the only thing is, the only way to do it for him is I'm going to have to wrestle that out of him. I'm going to have to break him. You know we're all broken, we're all a mess, but you know, when we allow the Holy Spirit to lord in, we can become beautifully broken. Hagar's different. Hagar's not wrestling anybody. Hagar's not trying to plant a flag or make a statement. She's just been kicked out. She's been disenfranchised. She's been basically labeled that you don't belong here and she's off wandering, nobody around her. And you know what? God sees her and God shows up for her and points her to a well. Same way with the woman in Samaria. God has different ways and different streams in this mighty river. And some of us need... The Jacob wrestling match. Some of us need just a drink. Some of us just need a tender touch. Some of us need, some of us need, some of us need a windstorm, you know, that just blows the socks off of us. And not necessarily in a good way initially, but you know what? Here's the thing. We call the shots when we're not broken enough. We call the shots when we don't realize what others are paying for our brokenness. We call the shots when we think we're just working on stuff. And when, when we really see where we are and we really see what we need, that's when we say, God, I don't care the cost. I don't care what you tell me. Please tell me. Just take me there, Lord. My friend, someone I have known in my life, just wrote this book, and I, I got this book. I've been reading it, and actually, actually reading me. But I asked her permission if I could read this portion. There's like about fifty atomic bombs in this book. Uh, her story is is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable, but knowing her, it's unbelievable how wonderful God has been in someone's life. I asked permission if I could read this. Listen to this. The God of the universe, <laughs> man. the God of the universe saw so much value in me and he loved me much more than I could imagine that He was never going to give up on me even though I had. There was a day day coming where his love was going to overtake me and I would be undone and changed forever. Until then, I didn't think I could give myself to anyone, including God, because I didn't have myself to give. When you're lost inside and don't know who you are or what you are, You don't think you can give what you don't possess. But the beauty of God is that you can give all the pieces of your... Man. You can give all the pieces of yourself and your life to him. And he sees it as an opportunity to rewrite your story and who you are. Only in his hands can a broken person be utterly changed and made whole. In another person's hands, your life can be further broken. More brokenness will come in seeking people. More wholeness will come in seeking God. I real, she goes on to say, I realize that he has loved us And wanted us all along. And no matter what. I realized that all we have to do is take a step toward him. And he runs 1,000 steps toward us. I realized that night for the first time. You ready? That I had greatly underestimated God's love toward me. Paul says, I pray that he'll give you the spirit to open your eyes. And then in the third chapter, he says, I pray that you'll be filled with the love of Jesus. Last one I want to give you, and I I want you to realize this, that the Holy Spirit today wants to... Wants to bring a new, a new birth of freedom into your soul and my soul. I want to show you from the scriptures this picture from a beautiful chapter in Isaiah. The Lord is waiting. Christian, let me, let, me, let me just add this piece right here. There are people today that God wants to do a soul work. And, and and I want to say this on the way here. The Lord said to say this, guys. This isn't a girl thing. Guys, we're the ones that really need it. Not that women don't, of course. Not that boys and girls, whatever. And I want to say this. Those concrete walls that are there, and especially with the man imagery that we are conditioned, that we have to control and keep at distance and all that stuff, you know, and behind the scenes in all of our lives, there's a whole other story going on. Here's the word of the Lord. The Lord is waiting to show you mercy. Not show you a verse about mercy. Come on, Lord. Show you mercy. The guy that's 55 years old and that five-year-old boy still carries a wound at 55 from a man or from what you saw with your eyes where you were, you were abused by being put into an environment that no little kid should have ever been in. In the prayers, and the Bible verses, it's still there. Those questions are there. The fears are there. waiting to show you mercy and is rising up. That's an action. Today I know this. He's rising up to show you compassion for the Lord is a just God. All who wait patiently for him are happy. You will never weep again. He will show you favor to you at the sound of your outcry. Listen, an outcry. An outcry. An outcry. Cry out. That's different than that's pretty good. Oh, look, the little kid went to the altar. God love him. And all the while, over top of your head, the mothership is going, Dad, you're a mess. And I've come to help you. Cry out to me. I'm gonna ask everybody to stand. The Lord listen, the Lord the Lord always brings us to the to the place and then we have to decide. Have and and, and I know who I know who will respond, especially if it's a guy. You're done with cute. You're done with covering it. You're done with the imagery. You really see that the way it's going on is not going to bring the manifestation of the goodness of God in great dynamic in your life, and in your family. And He's waiting on you. Hey, hey, you know. I know we've all, the, we are a very eclectic church. We've come from different backgrounds about the no- doctrine and all that stuff, about the ministry of the Holy Spirit and all that stuff. Here, here's the other thing I want to say. It, it, it hurts the heart of the Holy Spirit when we're afraid of Him. Just as it would hurt your heart as a mother or father if your kid for no reason for some reason all of a sudden became afraid of you the only real help for me and you is to give him full space and the angels cry "Oh." All creation cries, Holy, you are lifted high, Holy, Holy, holy forever. Come on, and the angels cry, Holy. All creation cries, holy, you are lifted high, holy, holy forever. These altars are like a candlestick encasement blazing with mercy in the fiery, melting presence of God. I invite those of you here, you would just say in front of my brothers and in front of my sisters, I love Jesus. He loves me. I know word. God uses me. But, you know, I've got, there's some things. And, and the Lord, I need to meet with the Lord. And if listen, and here, if you're here, and God, you're you're in a healing process, and, you, and and what you're you're agreeing with with what with what I've shared today, and it's working in your life, and you you have come, God's bringing you through things, abuse and, and fear and and false imagery and 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 horrendous past issues and but god's healing you and there's a living breath on your life i want you to consider to come down here too and be willing to stand with people okay so the first call and you know i never know what's going to happen here you all might look at me and say let's sing jesus loves me and out we go and i can't control that i can't control that and i'm not going to manipulate it i'm telling you i've poured my soul out to you i'm giving my heart and my and my back behind the curtain story because I want you to give him yours some of us are so churchy and we're so used to it and you know you're so you're so you've been in it so long you're pickled in it you could finish my sermon but you're a mess And I don't say that derogatory, man. There's no one more than me like that at times. Nobody. So I'm not saying that. I am just coming real straight. And the reason I'm saying that is because I want you for a minute to just go, you know what? I need Jesus. I need the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He waits to be compassionate toward you. Look, if you're struggling in a way and in, in, in some in, in some in some vice or something that's got a hold on you and you can't and you've prayed and all that stuff, you know what? You need you need more than a little prayer, a little now lay me. You need to cry out to God. And I'm here to tell you, the Lord is here today. It's not tomorrow. It's not. I'll go think about it next week. This is a moment created by God. Stopped me in my tracks early in the week, and he said. Pray for healing of souls, not salvation, healing of your mind and your will and your emotions. And men, you get first call. Will you come right now? As the Holy Spirit leads, we're going to pray with you. Well, what are you going to do? You know what I'm going to do? i want to ask the Holy Spirit to get a hold of us. That's what I'm going to do. I don't know. I don't know a Baptist Holy Spirit. I don't know a Church of God Holy Spirit. I don't know an Assembly of God Holy Spirit. You know what? I want the person of the Holy Spirit. That that when God said, let there be, he he was the one. And if you move in humility before people into the very fiery stones of the altar of God, I'm telling you, heaven will stop and watch you. Dad, mom, kid, in the name of Jesus, I call you to the healing fires and rivers of God. That's up to you. And I will pray with you. We will pray over you. We will pray for you in Jesus' name. I'm gonna shut up. I'm gonna get down here in the midst of this thing and we're gonna pray. And I want you to be with us. I want you, uh, hey, if you're a healing warrior, if you're a healing warrior, you get down here and pray, okay? If people need to go watch NFL, go watch NFL. But we're going to have church. We're going to have church. And let God do a work. All right? You ready? Praise God.